And as promised, we have a new theme song. Yay, finally. So no more cheesy intro music. Um, welcome, everybody. This is the third edition of the A Lot of Love podcast. Yeah, and, you know, I we missed last Sunday because of some stuff going on, and we'll kind of get to that. But, I mean, it's good to be back. It is definitely good to be back. I'm Mom. And I'm Aiden. And we're here to bring you the latest in reptile news, education, our personal husbandry efforts, and a little bit of hilarity. Because you need that in your life. Always. So um, tonight we do have a very special reptile of the week that I'm pretty excited about. It's one that... Are we jumping straight in? Well, no. Oh. I'm just... I'm covering what we're going to cover. Ah. So... Then that way everybody knows what we're going to talk about and they can get excited. Oh, yeah. Excitement is is a good thing. So, yeah, we're going to have a really cool reptile of the week that I'm super stoked about. Um, we're also going to talk about we have a new addition to the Scaly family. And we did some shenanigans last weekend that um, prevented us from recording. And then, unfortunately, my better half sidekick got sick and then that didn't work so well for him to try and talk into a microphone um and then we've also got some we've got some sad news we have some happy news so it's it's just news yeah so i think we'll start on a low note and then we'll crescendo to happiness that sounds fine. All right. So I will let Aiden talk about our devastating news that happened last night. All right. Thank you. Um, so I was going in. So, you know, we have the two axolotls, Fluffy and Mr. Bubbles. And I went in there to go in and feed them. And Fluffy was upside down and was not moving. I tried to feed him. He did not do anything. It turns out he had passed away last night, right before I had went to bed. So, um, we don't know what happened. We're pretty sure he was just sick. I mean, we've been taking care of them the best we can, and um, but we truly believe that he just got sick. Uh, but Fluffy will forever live on in our hearts and through the podcast. Right, because he is our mascot. But, I mean, I did some research. We're doing everything that we're supposed to be doing to take great care of them. And right now, Mr. Bubbles is doing fantastic and living his best lot of life in there. I honestly think, I mean, we only have had uh, Fluffy for three weeks. I think that it was a genetic defect of some sort. Um, because really you looked at him and I mean, even after he passed away, he looked perfectly healthy. His gills were, you know, not hurt. It wasn't like Mr. Bubbles had been like nipping at him or anything. I mean, he looked great. Um, just not alive. So that's a, that's a problem. Breathing usually is beneficial. So yeah, unfortunately there, there was this, uh, I read the Harry Potter book. I think it was the fourth one. And where that family had died. And they were like, we don't know what happened. They, you know, they look completely healthy other than the, fa other than the fact that they're dead. Right. And that, I mean, honestly, like Aiden was beating himself up last night about it. And I'm like, man, I'm like, really, we've done everything we're supposed to. And the other one looks great. Um, we did do a water change today just to be safe. Um, but 
you know, unfortunately, it's just one of those things when you get into pet husbandry. I know, like, our our personal hero, Brian Barczyk, I've seen videos where he's lost, you know, reptiles that are near and dear to him. But it's part of the hobby, unfortunately. Um, you're always going to find some that have health issues. And no matter how awesome you take care of them, no matter how right you do everything, it just happens and it, it stinks, but it's just part of the hobby. And, you know, unfortunately, that's a hard lesson that we have to learn. So, um, yeah, Fluffy will forever be our mascot and will live on, like Aiden said, through the podcast and we will miss him greatly. Um, but moving on to happier things. Oh, right. So, um, I had something a really cool transition in my head. Oh, okay. oh, I remember now. So, to address any controversy that might be out there, we will not be getting a new axolotl because of a new member of the family that we just got, and I'm going to hand this back to mom now. Yeah, our happiness. Well, I mean, we looked into it. We just don't want it um, now that Mr. Bubbles is bigger, and he's grown quite a bit since we've gotten him. Fat. Yeah, he's a he's a chonky monkey. Um, <laughs> he's chonky. Um, unfortunately, like, we're worried if we get another juvenile that there will be too much of a size difference and there will be an aggression issue. So right now, we're just going to let Mr. Bubbles live his best lot of life in his little tank. Um, with, and, a, with a Jack Sparrow figure. Yeah. I mean, he does have Captain Barbosa and Captain Jack Sparrow in, in his tank. Plus, he's got his own treasure. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, that's more than I have, so... Yeah, so he's living his best law of life. Plus, he has some ghost shrimp in there to keep him company, so he'll be fine. Um, they don't... Axolotls can have a companion. Um, they don't necessarily need one. They do fine on their own, so... We're just gonna let Mr. Bubbles live his law of life happily, and, you know, we'll go from there. But we do have a new addition to the family, if you've been following Facebook... Um, there's been some posts about our new baby bearded dragon. Bearded um, Dragon Watch 2022, baby! Yeah, Bearded Dragon Watch is over. Um, I did put on Facebook that they did all hatch. It was a very successful clutch that my friend hatched, um, that I work with. And we ended up getting a baby bearded dragon. Um, right now, we're still unsure of the name. We were certain it was going to be Bruce. But now, when they flatten out as adults, Aiden and I think they look like potatoes. So I'm looking at a more tatery name. That's so. that's pretty taterish of you. That is taterish. So, um, word of the day, taterish. So, yes, look that up in your Funkin' Wagonals. Um, so anyway, let's. Um, we we have a contest going on. Not really a contest. It's not like there's a prize, but we have a poll going on on the. Um, Facebook page right now of what we should name the baby bearded dragon. Uh, believe the choices are Bruce and Spuds and Tater, but you can always write in a choice as well if you think of a better name. And I know the Instagram has been kind of dead if you're following that. I will be getting that back up and running. That is my fault. My apologies. Uh, when I do get that back up and running, uh, I will be having that poll run on there through the story. Honestly, it'll probably be gone by the time this uploads. So hopefully, by the time you're hearing this, you went on there and you voted on it. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. That's awesome. And unfortunately, we wouldn't apologize for not making an appearance last week. However, we were at Great Wolf Lodge doing some decompressing. We've just had some, our family has not had the best 2022. Um, we've suffered some losses. We've had some illness. It's just been not so great of a year. So um, with Aiden turning 14, the big man that he is, we decided to take a weekend to just decompress. We went to Great Wolf. We had a blast on the water slides and everything. We got back with every intention of recording and uploading Sunday night. But the Super Bowl happened. Yeah, that, that, and actually I have a bad dad joke that I am going to tell on the podcast. Oh, jeez. So ready for this? Okay. Yeah, I'm not. So there's, <laughs> so there's four quarters in the Super Bowl, right? Right. Okay, so that's why they brought 50 Cent out at halftime. But he's a full dollar now. Oh, my God. But his original name is 50 Cent, so... Hey, Aiden, it's your birthday. Gonna party like it's your birthday. It is not my birthday. Well, it was your birthday. That's why I went to Great Wolf Lodge. We went to Great Wolf Lodge like three weeks after my birthday. Yeah, but that was still your birthday present, so it's still your birthday. Alright. You got, got ice cream. I got the cool water bottle out of it. And you got ice cream. And ice cream. Which, which, <laughs> I didn't tell you this. Um, I got a brownie sundae, and that was really good. But leaving the ice cream place, all of my whipped cream may have fallen off. Oh my god, I didn't and know I that. And I just kind of ran away, because <laughs> I didn't want, <laughs> I didn't want anybody to, to do anything, so I just ran away. Oh my god, I can see you just, like, looking down at your pile of whipped cream with, like, a very awkward look and then just bolting. Yeah, I, I, that's exactly what I did. I looked, oh down, I looked down and I was like, uh, that didn't happen, and I was like, can I go back to the room? And he said, sure, and I got out of there. That's why you That's why I left. <laughs> that's why I went back to the room. That's hilarious. So, I didn't get any whipped cream, but the ice cream was still good. Well, good. Good. Oh my gosh, that's that's so funny. I was like, why does he want to go back to the room so fast? Yeah. Um. My bad. <laughs> that was a good time. We had a good time. We got decompressed. Unfortunately, when we got home, we suffered another loss in Fluffy. But we're cheering up. Um. Other news this week. Um. Besides our baby bearded dragon. I got all of our tanks situated in our room, so our room looks like a mini reptarium. Yeah, so she's holding the TV, she's put tanks on every object that she can, and it looks really nice in there. Actually, I've got, like, almost a tank on every flat surface in my room. With the exception of the bed, the floor, and one of the dressers. And the gun safe. And the gun safe. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, but I went over to my friend's house, and... I mean, we got nothing on him. He's got, like, big land tortoises. I, at one point, like, was playing with three adult bearded dragons. Like, it was it was a good time. I, I enjoyed going over there. Lots of aquatic turtles, lots of lizards. Got to see a hognose snake. Realized how much I love hognose snakes, but it's going to be a hot, hot minute before I get one of them. Because, I mean, we've really, we've upped our collection a lot lately, and I think, you know, we need to... Slow down, let these guys settle before we explore anymore, and then that way we can include you guys in our reptile journey, plus giving you information on a variety of other species. Speaking of settling in, how are the other two reptiles doing, Carla and Peaches? Carla is doing awesome. Um, the only problem I'm having with Carla right now is she has decided that she likes her 
powder mix that I mix with water way better than she likes actual like crickets or mealworms. So I did some research on it because I was a little worried about her health. And um, as long as they have some kind of like insect larva or uh, protein in their, uh, their food powder mix, they are fine. So I was looking at, I bought a few different varieties of powders when um, we got her and I was looking and the only one I saw that had any kind of um, bug meal, bug larva protein was the Zoomed. Um, the rest of the ones I bought, like I got Thrived and, and a couple others at PetSmart, um, they did not have the complete balanced nutrition that a garga gargoyle gecko needs. So from here on out, since she's being a butthead about eating live food, um, you know, I'm going to have to stick with the Zoomed because she needs that protein. Um, and then Peaches is living her best peachy life. She finished her last shed with, um, I mean, she didn't shed as easily as the last time, but with some soaking and everything, she did great. Um, she's eating great. She's eating, um, almost fuzzy mice now. She's not quite there, but she can eat some pretty massive pinkies and, She's really growing like a weed and doing, just living her best snaky life. So, how is Mr. Bubbles doing? Uh, well, I don't know how well he's coping with the loss of his friend. But, I mean, as far as I know, Mr. Bubbles seems to be doing well. Like we uh, mentioned previously, we did do a tank clean and filter change and some of that. I think I said that backwards. We did a water change and filter clean. But, um, I mean, he's swimming around. We keep feeding him. Bloodworm, so he's getting a really big. Like I remember the day that we got him, and he was like, he was he was but a small boy. Yeah, he was tiny, and they've definitely grown. And I think we're gonna probably have to get some more ghost shrimp because I think a few of the ghost shrimp may have become snacks, or just died. Yeah, but I've seen like parts of ghost shrimp, so I think like oh they've been getting nommed on. That's spectacular. Nom nom nom. Yeah, imagine just waking up one day and being like, hmm, yes, I will eat you. Like, I don't have a butt now. That's, that sounds like a you problem. I'm buttless. That, that sounds like a you problem. I'm buttless. That, that really sounds like a you problem. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, anyway, is there any other news or excitement you think we need to cover? I mean, I can't really think of a whole lot. Uh, right now, um, I just want to say about the Zoomed, uh, hashtag not sponsored. Yet. Yet. Zoomed sponsor us. No, but seriously, I do, you know, I want people that listen to our podcast to know what's out there, know what's in what they're giving their reptiles, and know the best husbandry things. So if we can take some of that guesswork out of it for them, I'm going to be there and... You know, if I see a product that is, you know, above everything else, I'm, I'll plug it regardless of the fact that we are not sponsored by anybody at this time. So anything that we suggest or say is completely based on personal experience and our own research. Speaking of husbandry, what is the species of the week? Ooh. Oh. That. That was a smooth transition. That really was. I am... You're a smooth operator, sir. I'm just a smooth guy. I, I, 
Yeah. Okay. So, drum roll, please. The species of the week is the rough green snake. Ooh, yay! Unlike me, because I'm smooth. <laughs> I can't even right now with you. I'm not green either, but I'm not rough. <laughs> stop. Just stop. I can't. Um, I'm, just, I'm sorry, I'm just giving you a rough time. You're welcome. I I can't even. I can't even. I don't even know. Okay, so the rough green snake here. Let's talk about them. They are a stunning pet to sit back and enjoy. Because guess what? What? They don't like to be touched. Really? Yeah, they're like, leave me the heck alone and let me eat my bugs. <laughs> okay. So anyway, but they are pretty cool looking. I used to have one way back in the day. Um, so they are a snake that likes to be both on the ground and in the trees. Oh, I thought you were going to say like both on the ground and in the air. I mean, if you're in a tree, you're kind of in the air. But you're not flying. I mean, what if it jumps from limb to limb? What if a snake could fly? That would be badass. I want it. Then it would be a pterodactyl. You're not wrong. Right? It's just a pterodactyl is basically just a extinct flying snake that makes cool noises. Ah! Yeah, not, not like that. So anyway, the rough green snake is likes to be up high and down low. So if you have them in an enclosure, make sure they have plenty of like vines and stuff that they can climb on, but also... Lots of stuff to stimulate their senses on the bottom as well. Stimulations. Stimulate the senses. Ooh. So, um, in the wild, they are happy. Also, they like the water as well. So, you can give them a large, like, choking dish. A large choking dish. I thought you said a choking dish. I was like, wait, what? Wait, what? What, what kind of snake is this? Yeah. <laughs> this is a violent one. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not a constrictor. It's a colubrid. Um, and it doesn't constrict. Actually, these snakes, a lot of people are attracted to this breed because of the fact that they only eat, like, crickets and insects. They don't eat mice. And for people that love snakes but are creeped out by the whole feeding process of them. Um, a lot of people are like, ooh, this is shiny. I can do crickets. I can do crickets. I can do it myself and fix it, Felix. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's what is uh, attracts a lot of people to them. Um, they are very common in North America. Um, and that's, they, where, that, that, that's where we are. We're in the northern America. The no the northern north. The north. We're not in the northern north. That's Alaska. Yeah. Well, no, I guess. That's somewhere. And Canada. Canada is North America. You can't make fun of other countries. I'm not making fun of another country. Okay, well, you're not. I have a lot of respect for them. They play hockey. They do play. And lacrosse. And they say a boot. Yes. So anyway, and they have Brian Boitano. <laughs> I'm just saying, and Brian Adams. So, lots of great people hail from Canada. Are they all named Brian? 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I actually have a lot of family in Canada, and they are amazing people, so... Yay, Canada! Shout out to Canada! I've never been outside of the country. Oh, Canada! I've never been outside of the U.S. Oh, Canada. I've never been outside of the U.S. before. I mean, I illegally went into Canada once on a boat. <laughs> on a boat? I emphasize the fact that it's on a boat. Like, on a boot. A boot. I went illegally into Canada on a boot. And, uh, yeah. And it wasn't like one of those things where people, like, float to Florida on a makeshift ramshackle raft it was like a sail boot and i had said i was like hey i've never been to canada so we went into the canadian side of lake erie for like five minutes and sailed back over you i was a i was an illegal immigrant for five minutes you are such a lawbreaker i am a rebel without a cause like all? literally there was no cause for that just for the fact that you wanted to say that you've been to Canada. Yep, so I have been to the great land of Canada, the beautiful land of maple leaves and happiness. Okay, so anyway, um, back to Rough Green Snakes, which is our main topic of the I was going to say, like, wait, what are we doing? We're talking about snakes right now. That are rough and green, unlike myself. You're not wrong. <laughs> So anyway, they um, do not do well with handling. They're not fans of you touching them. Kind of like myself. <laughs> Rough green snakes, I identify with your personality. Oh, God. Um, they like to be left in their enclosure, also oh, like, like me. me. And they rarely bite, if ever. The only time you want to go out of your enclosure is Disney World, and you know it. That is an extension of my enclosure. Oh, I see. Yes. That is just an extension of my home. Um, but they rarely bite, if at all, which is not like me. Are you sure about that? That's what I said. Not like me. I might take a chonk out of you if you piss me off. Fair enough. Chonk and chonk. All right. So, anyway... Go into some fun facts. I did. I did a lot of research here, so we've got we've got some good info. The common name is the rough green snake. The scientific name, and I'm probably going to butcher the bejesus out of this. Love it when that happens. But it's Ophrodus astivus. Let me see that. Ophrodus astivus. Ophrodus a yeah okay. <laughs> astivus. 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 All right. Their natural habitat is the edge of a foresty area, preferably close to a pond. So, you know, you're going to get the water. What the heck did you just do there? Water. Are you? I don't know what pooping? I am. Yes. Okay. And in an aggressive accent. I see that. That was rough. Okay. Yeah, that was really rough. Let's, <laughs> let's move on now. Um, the adult size is two to three feet. They can live 15 plus years in captivity. And they have a diet of primarily soft-bodied insects. Soft-bodied. So you want to stick with, like, your crickets, your waxworms. Mealworms aren't so great because they've got that hard exoskeleton. Yes, English. And they don't digest that exoskeleton well. So you want to stick with your soft-bodied insects. Don't feed them cockroaches. Actually, I think you can. 
Cockroaches can survive anything. There's no way. Um, yes, because if the apocalypse happens, there will be cockroaches and Twinkies. <laughs> the experience level that they um, do best with is an intermediate reptile owner. And the enclosure size for them, a good size, is like a 29-gallon aquarium for one adult. Aquarium. Do you mean terrarium? Well, yeah, but like if you're going to the to the reptile store and you don't want to buy the actual terrarium, you can hose the who's you can hose the sneak in a in a twenty nine gallon aquarium or larger. Um, they are very good eaters and as long as they're happy in their environment, they should eat with no issue whatsoever. That is me one hundred well, even if even if I'm unhappy, actually, if I'm unhappy in my environment, I, I may said, eat more. This is true. I'm the same boy. So I feel like the so me and this rough green snake are very opposite people. Except for the fact Except that I don't like to leave my I, enclosure. <laughs> that is true. So, they are caught by the wild in the hundreds to be sold into the pet trade every year. So, the problem that you may have in finding one if you don't get one for a reputable breeder, that you may have an older one. Um, a lot of people, you know, don't have any idea what age they are if they catch them in the wild and resell them. So, you may be getting like a 10-year-old snake that may not have a lot of life left in it. So... Um, you're better off to try and get one from someone that captive breeds and you get a better idea of the age. Um, females tend to be longer and heavier than the males, which I also feel like I identify with. They are pretty small. Their head is just about the same size as their body. Um, they taper at the vent and they have a thin, fragile tail. Imagine seeing somebody who is walking, and their head is the same size as the rest of their body. Big Ed. Big Ed. Big Ed has no neck. For it those of you... just molds into him. For those of you who don't watch 90 Day Fiance, first of all, what are you doing? You need to watch that show. And second of all, if you don't know who Big Ed is, what are you doing? And third of all, the, the truth. Yeah. Like, I don't know if anybody seen the movie Tommy Boy, but when Tommy, like, or when Chris Farley pulls his head down and goes, Tommy, what wingy? That's what Big Ed looks like all the time if you don't know who Big Ed is. Like, that's the way his head is. And I know he's got a genetic defect, but, you know, you said head, same size as body. Like, he literally just is one straight line. And, and, uh, mayonnaise is good for your hair. Uh, yes. Apparently. You want to make sure you get it all the way in your hair so you don't have clumps of white stuff because that might be awkward on a first date. Agreed. <laughs> anyway, back to green snakes. My God. <laughs> so the green snakes, um, they do have that top that is like that brilliant bright emerald green. Some of them can have tinges of blue to them. Ooh. And then, yeah, they're really pretty. And then usually their underside, their bellies are yellow, but they can be white as well. Um, they have, their scales are keeled, and they have a rough look, which gives them their name. Unlike myself. He's very smooth. Operator. 
So they generally don't bite at all. Their defense mechanism is to release a foul-smelling musk from their vent to ward off attackers. And I didn't realize, but I'm pretty sure corn snakes could do that too. Because the first time I soaked uh, peaches, she did that to me. Like, she was not having it. And okay, so literally, whenever the snake gets angry at you, it will fart in your direction to get you to No, it's like this creamy nastiness that comes out. Okay, wet fart. I mean, that's actually pretty accurate. Alright. They can be flighty, so they like to try and escape their enclosures, so make sure that you always have your uh, terrarium latched up. But they are diurnal, so... What in the world does that mean? The opposite of nocturnal. Oh, so they are They're awake during the day. Okay, so not you. Yeah. So they're awake during the day, which a lot of people... That we apologize. Uh, we just had a bit of technical difficulty. Um, if there was any sort of thing that is about to be repeated, um, apologies in advance. Anyways, now back to the podcast. So if we skipped anything with the um, microphone shutting off, then let us know. I may recover a couple things. So just want to say the temperament, they don't like to be handled. Um, they get two to three feet as an adult. They live 15 plus years unless you get a, um, one that has been captured in the wild because then you don't know how old it is and you may have an older one that doesn't live that long. They prefer soft bodied insects, no mealworms, um, because the mealworms have a hard exoskeleton that's hard for them to digest. So mainly crickets and then the wax worms. Um, their intermediate care, you want at least a 29-gallon tank for one. Um, and then they do like to live with friends. They do get along. They won't be aggressive towards each other. So if you want to house up to four together, you're more than welcome to do so successfully. Um, the only thing that you would need to worry about is um, you would need to add 10 gallons to that 29 for each additional snake. You know if you want a bunch of snakes, you're going to have a really fat tank. Uh, that would be really cool, though. Like, I think that'd be really cool to have just, like, a long, like, 55, 60-gallon aquarium with, like, four green snakes in it. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure it cut off that they are diurnal, which we said was the opposite of nocturnal. So they like to be awake during the day. And they're a great reptile for someone that just wants to relax and watch them, but not handle them because they will be super active during the day. They also have no problem eating. Um, you know, like us. So uh, you they, they should eat just fine as long as they're happy in their enclosure. And so just dump some crickets in there. They'll do the natural hunting. You know, as long as you have areas for them to climb you know, uh, wet areas because they do like to live near water, wet areas for them to crawl through or soak in. Um, you can have a really nice um, forested tank that looks super nice and relaxing with a few snakes in it. And honestly, the maintenance on them is low. Um, the coloring on them, that probably didn't get, that probably got cut out in our issue. Um... 
their head is only slightly larger than their body. We were c- we were comparing them to Big Ed from 90 Day Fiance. I'm not sure if that came through or not, but I have no idea where it cut off. Like, if I could rewind it and like see like where we cut off, it would be a lot more accurate. But unfortunately, I'm not able to. But they're kind of just like a straight line down, and they're a uh, they're an emerald green on top. Um, sometimes they can have kind of a bluish hue to them. Um, they also. I read somewhere, and let me see if I have it in my notes. I think they also can have some, like, more of a bluish look to them, which I've never personally seen, but I think that would be really pretty. Um, They do have, because their head and their body don't really have much distinction between the two, it gives them a really nice vine-like look which is how they camouflage themselves in the wild. They literally just look like a vine chilling on a tree. I would love to do that. I'm just a vine doing my thing on this tree. And I love... Day one on the tree. (laughs) I have been camouflaged waiting for my predator to leave. It is a lovely day out here on the tree. Hear the crickets chirping and I am hungry. I may go down to eat one or two or fifty. Once this, once this fat bird leaves me alone. And so then also, um, their underbelly is typically yellow, but it can be white. I really like the one that I had years back had that really beautiful emerald green on top. And then that. All right. So we have to go with part two now because the part one cut off with our technical difficulties. So what we're going to try and do is if this is all in the same video, I might be able to edit the audio clips together. If not, welcome to part two. Yes. Welcome to part to part due either way it's part two whether it's spliced or not um so anyway we were talking about their underbellies are that beautiful yellow um if they get mad they will excrete this nasty nasty liquid from their vents and it smells like a butthole and so that wet fart basically yes they wet fart on you and then uh, it's gross so that's why you don't want to handle them too much it stresses them out and then they make you smell like a butthole i would rather not do that but it is pretty cool that they are diurnal and that you can watch them um hunt and do their favorite thing um but even though they are a colubrid they're not a constrictor so they will not constrict their crickets um, but you definitely, definitely want to get them. I can't stress enough from a reputable breeder that captive breeds them and not somebody that just goes out into the forest and captures them. Cause it is, it is starting to seriously deplete the amount of wild ones that are out there. Um, so they recommend, um, for these guys, a glass or plastic enclosure with good ventilation. Um, the floor should not be too cluttered because they like to move around quickly. Um, so you want to keep um, natural because you can you can do like a naturally planted like biome tank or you can do fake plants and vines. Um, but you want to make sure that they have plenty, plenty of area to climb on because they, they do like to go up in the trees because they naturally look like a vine. That sounds great. Yeah. Everybody wants to be a vine. Everybody wants to be a vine. So, um, let's see. You don't want a whole lot coming down to the floor, though, so they can move around. Um, do suggest with those guys 
to use silk plants just because they're softer and they won't injure your snake than the plastic ones. And make sure they're non-toxic. Yeah. Um, toxic plants are bad. And so are toxic friends. Facts. I am so good at advice. And if you do um, a bio tank where you have live plants, definitely make sure because they can um, react poorly to some plants. Make sure that you do your research before you put a real plant in and that it's not toxic to your snake because that equals bad news bears. And if you are out there trying to find new friends, make sure that you get to know your friend and that if they are, make sure that they are non-toxic because if they are toxic, then that is bad news for you. And this has been Social News with Aiden. Tune in probably, I don't know when, for the next mini segment inside of a segment inside of a podcast. Also, this might go without saying, but I'm just going to put it out there. If you are putting branches and vines in there, which you should for them, make sure they're anchored so your snake doesn't crawl up and then the branch falls over and then it falls on your snake and kills your snake. That would be bad. I mean, it literally was a warning in one of the websites I was looking for. So obviously, if it's a warning, it's happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I saw this thing. Uh, and I may—I don't know if I mentioned this on here before or not, but uh, if you think that you are smarter than the previous generations, uh, 50 years ago, the uh, manual on a car instructed you how to use the battery, and today it drink—it warns you not to drink the fluids, because um, it's happened before. But antifreeze is tasty. Antifreeze is not tasty. No, it actually is. That's why so many dogs drink it. Really? Yeah, because it's like really sweet. Really? Don't go try that. I don't plan on it. So, betting for your, um, for your rough green snake, um, they like that like forest floor bedding. Um, ZooMed makes a really nice one. Um, you can also put some, and I'm always really bad at trying to pronounce this. Um, sphagnum moss. Good. Sphagnum. Yeah, sure. Okay, we're gonna go with. H A G N U M moss. Sphagnum. I'm going to play with the sphagnum moss. It sounds like if you're playing like a game and there's an enemy that speaks in like a separate language, like that's some kind of curse. Sphagnum. Sphagnum. So, um, it is a. They they make it, and the one that I have pictured here says five star premium green sphagnum. I can't, I can't do the throat thing right now. <laughs> Temperature for these guys does need to be monitored at all times. Um, it is suggested to have a thermometer gauge on both the cool and warm side of your enclosure because you definitely want to give them like a tape the temperature temperature gradient. Um, one thing I really like that I got for um, the bearded dragon that has yet to be named is I got the heating pad for them, which obvious they need. But I got a thermostat that controls the heating pad. Um, to make sure that it doesn't make it too hot for the bearded, but also make sure it's warm enough as well. So um, Heat is a very important factor when you are taking care of your reptile. So the biggest thing with these guys is, I, I mean, any, any, um, any reptile that requires a heat source or a heating pad, 
highly recommend getting one of these thermostats for it they're not very much on amazon i actually got the whole thing as a package and it really wasn't that badly priced it was cheaper than i could get it in a pet store but it really does it, it gives you that peace of mind that you're not going to burn your reptile and you're also going to make sure that your reptile is warm enough without you having to do a whole lot um, then you can also, um, if you're having issues getting the tank warm enough, you can get like a ceramic heat emitter. Um, Flukers makes one that's like a 60 watt. Um, you want your cool side of your tank to be between 78 and 80. The warm side of your tank to be about 88 degrees. And your basking area to not be any hotter than 90. They don't do well over 90 degrees. Um, you also want some hideaways in there so they can get in the shade, hollowed out logs, the coconut caves, any of those um, rock plastic caves, anything like that um, works great. And they do need sunlight in their natural habitat, so you do need a UVB bulb. UV what? UVB. UVB. Um, so what I got for the bearded, which would probably, it sounds like would work really well for these guys is I got a combo bulb from Amazon and I can post that combo bulb up on the Facebook page, um, that has your heat, your UVB, all that all in one bulb. So you're not having like this whole, like, um, like amphitheater lighting system for a theater stage on top of your reptile tank with 80 bulbs like it's literally all rolled into one but at and least they have the spotlight and you want to keep your humidity level between 55 and 65 percent um you can use a you can spray them daily or you can get one of those like automatic fodder fodders foggers or drip wow. bottles what are they again a rough green snake? No. The thing you couldn't pronounce. Fogger. Okay. It's okay. like frogger, but You want a non-porous heavy water bowl. Um, you want the prey item, the largest point of the girth of the snake, excluding the head, to be the prey items. Um, they do well with soft-bodied insects, crickets, moths, caterpillars, crane flies, and waxworms. The easiest ones to come across are crickets and waxworms. I never will ever recommend you feeding wild insects because they can have parasites. They can have insecticides. Wild insects are very bad for your pet reptiles. These guys are really good with being tong fed, but you can also progress to hand feeding as well. As an occasional treat, sometimes they will eat like a rosy red feeder fish, but it has to be very small. That's fishy. Or a very small feeder guppy. They are very delicate. You can easily bru bruise them during rough handling. So even though they're a rough green snake, they don't like it rough. They like to be smooth. Like Aiden, they don't, and that's one reason I think they probably get so grumpy with the handling, is because of the fact that they do bruise so easily. It's painful for them, so they're like, "Leave me the hell alone." Fair enough. I want to just live my best life and let you feed, um, feed me crickets. Um, the best way to handle them, if you do decide that you absolutely have to touch your snake. 
Sorry for some technical difficulties. So insane today. But we're gonna get through this. We're gonna do part two. This is probably all gonna be edited together. We're gonna do our best to make this as smooth and streamlined as possible. But anyway, mine had the emerald green on top, that beautiful yellow on the bottom. Looked really nice. Um, they are a very timid snake, and they do better not handled frequently. Um, they don't bite necessarily, but they wet fart out their vent. Yeah. It's a foul-smelling, greasy liquid that they release from their vents. That is a wet fart. And I can't say this for certain, but I'm pretty sure that Peaches did this. The last time she shed and I was trying to soak her, um, she released some pretty nasty shit out of her vent, and it didn't really seem like poo. So I'm thinking maybe it's a colubrid thing because Peaches is a colubrid as well. Um, they do like to escape their enclosures, even if they're happy in them. So always be very careful to ensure that your tank is locked. They're like Ted Bundy and they can get out of any cell. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, no Ted Bundy snakes. That would be most bad. Especially as long as they're not killing anybody, though. I mean, they have to kill crickets. That's true. Only crickets. No other green snakes, no humans. Fair enough. Okay. Now that we have those ground lines. Um, so you can have them in a 29-gallon tank. Um, they do like to be a social snake. So you can house up to four, but you need to add 10 gallons for every snake in addition to the first one. Snake potty. Yeah, imagine just walking into somebody's house and they just have this huge snake tank and it's just lined up against their wall and it's just all playing in there. And they're all staring at you like, hey. We are the guardians of the temple. What's and on? we will do what we must to protect. If they're like, hey. Hi. What's going on? Yo, yo. We're just over here eating our crickets. It's a good time in the house. Okay, so they are, um, I'm not sure if we covered this before, but I'll throw it out there. They are diurnal, so they like to be active during the day, which is nice because then you can sit there and watch them pick off their crickets while you're having your coffee in Danish. Do you have coffee in Danish a lot? I usually have avocado toast. Fair enough. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm not being partial if you are more of an avocado toast, omelet, pancake, bowl of cereal person. You can do all those things while enjoying your snakes. Heck, even if you're pizza for breakfast. Um, so then they are not a constrictor, even though they are colubrid. They're not constricting you on it. Yeah, they swallow their prey whole while it's still alive. They don't kill it first. Oh, that's great. Just, yeah. Um, once again, I think I covered this before, but also just make sure that you're getting it from a reputable captive breeder. Um, they are having issues with becoming lower in number because a lot of people are picking them out of the wild. If you do get a wild snake, a lot of times you'll have more health issues with it, and you don't know how old it is, so you may not have it for very long. Yeah, that could be a problem. They have been recorded in captivity as old as 22 with a captive bred snake. Holy crap. Right? That's a commitment. Yeah, no kidding. Um, in the enclosure, they do like 
to have lots of things to climb on. You don't want a lot of stuff at the bottom. You want to give them like plenty of room to crawl around and do their snaky thing. Um, they like silk plants instead of plastic because they're less um, harmful to them. They can't get injured as easily. Uh, you do have to do a complete clean about once every other month where you just tear down everything um, and wash it and clean it. Um, in between, you can just, you know, scoop the poop like a cat box. Um, if you don't do that, they can, they are prone to mite infestations and other health problems. That would be mighty bad. Yeah, that would be gross. I don't want mites in my house. So. Yeah, that would, um, that would not be ideal. All right. So after more technical difficulties, we're back with substrate. Um, the rough green snakes uh, do really well. Um, with some medium-sized smooth pebbles to drain excess moisture and provide them a smooth surface to glide over. Um, they do great with like a forest floor bedding or that coconut bedding. Um, the cypress mulch does really well. Um, and then the sphagnum moss. Sphagnum. Sphagnum. I think I'm saying that right. I'm not totally uh, for sure. Yeah, that'll be interesting. But the sphagnum moss, um, they do really well with that too. Um, so you can do like a combination of some of those things. Um, and like I said, you do want to tank the tank down once every two months and completely clean it and change all that bedding. Um, temperature is very important for these guys. They're super sensitive. Um, highly recommend if you do a heating pad on one side that you get a digital thermostat, which I totally did for the bearded dragon. And it was such a good decision because I don't have to worry about my bearded dragon getting too hot. And I also don't have to worry about my bearded dragon getting too cold. So it is a perfect thing. And if you're really trying to do a temperature gradient, on any reptile with a heating pad highly recommend this you can get them off of amazon they're not that expensive um if you are having trouble hitting a minimum heat um you can also do but you don't need any additional light flukers does make a ceramic heat emitting bulb that doesn't do any light but does warm up your tank you want the cool side of your rough green snakes tank to be between 78 and 80 degrees you want the warm side to be around 88, and you don't want your basking area higher than 90 degrees. They don't do well in super bad heats. Um, they also like to hide, like myself. Yeah. And um, <laughs> they like the hollowed out coconuts, the caves. Um, and then if you're on a budget, even an upturned plastic container, but just somewhere where they can kind of get into a, a dark place to just kind of relax. Um, they like to be um, in a snug fitting area, so you don't want it to be overly large for their little hideouts. And you can do different hideouts to give them some natural variation and stimulation. That's very important. Yes, everybody needs stimulation. Yes. Um, they also do um, need the UVB. You can get a combo bulb like I have for the bearded dragon as well. 
um, that does the heat and the UVB. So you don't have to have like a whole string of lights across the top. You literally can do it with one bulb. But the way that you're making it sound, you said you're making it sound like these rough green snakes and bearded dragons are pretty similar in some ways. I mean, in some ways, you're going to have a lot of the same husbandry on a lot of these reptiles. I know these guys tend to be a little a little picky, and that's why they're considered an intermediate reptile. But they're not like the hardest things ever. Um, the humidity level in these tanks should be around 55 to 65%. So you want a hydrogen murmur um, in there to see how much humidity is in. And if you don't want to spray your tanks multiple times a day, um, you can get a fogger or one of those little like drip bottles that drips water every once in a while. Make sure the humidity is where it needs to be. Hygrom. Hi Hygrometer. What? Hygrometer. Hygrometer. All right. All right. So, um, diet's important. Um, they like to do the soft-bodied insects, crickets, moths, caterpillars, crane flies, and max worms. Um, don't recommend anything wild caught, though. Those can have insecticides or parasites. And make your snakes very ill. So you never, ever, ever, ever want to feed wild-caught insects. Yeah, because, um, you know, that would be a little wild of you. So, also, you want to pre-kill any insects that have any rough legs. Um, they can actually, um, or they, if they have, like... The rough, the rough green snakes like them smooth. Yeah, they really do. Um, the live waxworms and caterpillars are... Safe to feed, but sometimes your cricket legs um, can actually have rough enough legs to hurt their insides. Ooh, that might be a problem. Yeah, so you want to kill the cricket and pull its legs off. You can also give them very small feeder fish when they are adults, um, like a small feeder guppy or a rosy red in a water ball, like water ball, water bowl, because um, they do. Oh, water. Water. Um, because they do like to go fishing much like myself. I really do have a lot in common with these snakes. Um, but they do. By the way, about the crickets, uh, how you would like to kill that cricket, that is completely up to you. Just kill it. Freezer is a good way to do it. And then, and then pull its legs off. Or just being brutal. I mean. Whatever you gotta do. Yeah, do what you gotta do, but keep your snake safe. Um... But yeah, they like to fish, so you can give them that and let them. It's good for their their um, stimulation, too, to let them go um, fishing. Once the fish have been consumed, make sure you clean out and replace the water immediately. You don't want to leave the fishy water in there. Um, they can easily bruise or damage, so be careful how much you handle them. You never want to pull them off of their perch. You want to put your hand in and let the snake come to you and let it coil around your wrist or finger instead of grasping it yourself because you can hurt them very easily. Um, mites are very common if you don't clean your tank enough. Um, internal parasites can happen. They also can have issues with scale and mouth rot, respiratory infections, and fungal infections. So those are all things that you need to look out for if you decide that the rough green snake is right for you. Once again, in conclusion, 
I'm going to sound professorly here. In conclusion, rough green steaks make a wonderful pet for display. They are interesting to watch because they are awake from the day and they hunt insects readily. They live a long time if you get them bred well and give them correct care. And you can have multiples together with no aggression issues. So if that is sounds like something you want to get into, um, you're... By all means, just make sure that with any reptile that you get, you take care of it. Right. You don't want to buy any reptile on a whim. You want to do your research, you know, do more research than what I provided you here, even though I really got into this one today. Um, but, you know, if you have any questions or anything about anything we cover, anything we miss, anything you think we should know, definitely email us at a lot of love 14 at gmail.com or get us on Facebook at a lot of love or just at a lot of love podcast. My bad. Or Instagram at I believe it's a lot of, I think it's just a lot of love. It's either a lot of love or a lot of love 14. I don't know. I, I can't remember. Okay. Well, there's that. Um, but you can always hit us up on any of those um, avenues and let us know what you think. Give us some feedback. If we got anything wrong, please let us know because we want to make sure we're giving accurate, correct, and up-to-date information. Um, but other than that, I think that's all I've got for today. What about you, eh? That's all for me. Alrighty. So, also, apologies if anything was said multiple times. If something doesn't sound right, uh, our microphone likes to be a butthead. Indeed, it really, really does. So, um, if nothing else, we will go ahead and say we'll see you next week on sunday since we're back to our regularly scheduled time and we hope you have a blessed reptile week this has been aiden and this is mom and you know be sure to give your reptiles a lot of love a lot of love